0: What is up Facebook? How are you doing tonight? And I want to bring it back a little bit and say more importantly, beyond how are you doing tonight? I want to know how you are feeling because we got a show tonight that's about to make you do some feeling or make you feel some goodness. Uh, We got two guys coming on here from big equipment, heavy construction that are going to take some time out of their day. I thank them very much. Mr. Ian Porterfield and Taj Solaharia, both working tirelessly on either getting the equipment to where it needs to go or getting the asphalt away from where it needs to be. we got Truckee Meadows Milling and Ian Porterfield with uh, Cashman Equipment coming on tonight, as well as myself, Scott, and Cody Hunt on the sidekick spot. So I hope we're going to have some fun tonight, you guys. If you want to share this out, I sure appreciate that. We're uh, just getting it kicked back off. And if you see, I made some upgrades here. I don't know. Let me know in the comments. Do you like it? How does it look? How do I sound? I moved the mic over here, Uh, but we're going to kind of have some fun tonight. So I got seven people on. I appreciate you guys. How you feeling? How you doing? Let me know you're here. And I'm going to bring on our guests. I'm going to start with Cody Hunt and check in with him real quick. Let's see what he is doing. Cody, are you there? Oh, I got everybody. Cool. You got everyone
1: everyone on, Scott.
0: (laughs) I'm just learning
1: this stuff, man. Just like anything, we got to get it figured out. It's it's touch and go every time. It really is. I mean, it's always a fun time coming on the show and experiencing (laughs) new things, right? Absolutely.
0: And that's exactly what we're doing tonight. And we said from the beginning, once we kick this off, we want to bring people from different industries from different career paths and it's not just solely focused on the snowmobile community and immediately first thing when we started talking uh when we were behind the scenes getting ready for the show we're talking to one of our guests mr ian porterfield he's on this side of
2: me located in reno nevada how you doing tonight man how are you feeling i am great my man and so appreciative for you and cody having me on the show my buddy taj shoot me an invite it's a pleasure to meet you guys excited
0: we're excited to have you here and and what was cool is when we got started and just to guys just to show you guys the sled network knows no limits the people you meet (laughs) inside the industry have tentacles that go everywhere and we found out we the sled network has a connection with ian if uh as soon as he said it, I'm like, I know exactly who you're talking about. A bit of a pioneer in the snowmobile industry. So let let everyone know how we kick this conversation off tonight.
2: Well, we're just getting to know each other. First time I've ever talked to you guys, and you're, uh, hearing some snowmobile stories for you guys. I'm not a snowmobiler. I've ridden a couple times, but not a lot. But I grew up with uh, I grew up with the great Jimmy Rippy. So. Jimmy lived, his dad was, his dad, Jack, was my English teacher a couple years in high school in the small town we grew up in. Uh, Jimmy lived probably five or six doors down from me. He taught me how to ride a dirt bike. I played soccer with him. It was, uh, you know, the great thing about, you know, I grew up with another kid uh, in in the small town Jimmy and I grew up with, who's one of the best tattooers in the world up in Grants Pass, Oregon. And, you know, in, in, in English class, in seventh grade, you know, you could just look at what he was drawing, and we all knew he was going places. We just thought Jimmy was nuts. Why <laughs> we didn't know he was going anywhere, <laughs> but uh, you know, he blazed some trails. He was a pioneer in that snowboard thing. Yeah. He was a pioneer in snowboarding, and then you know, then became a pioneer in, in in sleds and snowmobiling. And I run into Jimmy every once in a while in town. A lot of times at the airport for years there here in Reno, but I don't see him very often. But for all intents and purposes. While he was a phenomenal X Games athlete and a pioneer in that whole thing, he's actually become just a better all-around man and father. And it's just some really cool stuff that, you know, it's cool to see that people who blaze trails in certain paths can have such an amazing impact on lives as they move along. So, mad respect to that cat. And his dad. I probably wouldn't be on this if I didn't know English, so not respect to dad. Solid respect
0: for, for that. <laughs> and we're gonna. I want to touch on that tonight. Cause in our chat, we were talking about how, how much, not that it's easier, but you can assess the situation so much better when you get a little bit of age behind, behind you, a little bit of gray, maybe on, on the, on the scruff to, to make those decisions and to, to see bigger picture versus diving into the, yeah, I got a little bit of that. I keep it on though. So <laughs> don't break myself. Well, there's a, I want to, I got one more introduction here to make to everybody. Um, and it's the guy that really kind of set this show up for me and got me excited about doing it. Uh, Mr. Taj, so Harriet down below me, uh, Truckee Meadows milling, let me get his mic on, but I want to touch on this because it comes from both directions is, is we have a similar background outside of the sled industry in the rodeo world. And we traveled a lot of the same circles, uh, and As I got to learn a little bit more about him over the last year, uh, pretty much year exactly, he just continues to blow my mind with not only how he you know, carries himself in the business world, but you know, how he treats the acquaintances around him and, and, and just continues to blow my mind with his drive. Uh, I think it was about six, seven months ago, you, you, we were hanging out at Sand Mountain and you're like, oh, I'm going to do something big. I'm going to do something real. I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, it really came into perspective for me the last couple months, uh, watching him do what he's doing. And it's great to have him on. Taj, thank you so much for, uh, for really putting this together. And why you tell a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit about yourself uh, so everybody that's watching this gets to know you, and then we can kind of dive into the attitude we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah, so –
3: I uh, I started well. I met you, Scott, through uh, some friends, and we uh, we hit it off. And and I tried some snowmobiling, which I think you and Cody Hunt are insane. Something about counter steering doesn't work well with me. Um, straight up, it doesn't work. I mean, I I grew up on two wheels, and uh, counter steering a 400 pound sled is just insane to me. So I decided instead of getting, getting put on two wheels and trying to get hurt that I would go buy a bunch of asphalt mills. Um, I bought a, uh, I bought a $264 ticket down at uh, con expo in Las Vegas in March. Um, Put a business plan together. Thought I was going to have two asphalt mills in five years. I think I'm up to five asphalt mills and I think I just texted Ian today and said, uh, do you have any, any 822s sitting in in, in, in Reno, uh, which an 822 is the biggest asphalt mill they make. So we're milling asphalt from Reno to Las Vegas, and we are the only contract milling asphalt company in Nevada. So we are busy. In fact, I'm sitting in a pickup truck right now doing your podcast.
0: I do appreciate you making the time. I know what kind of schedule you've been running the last couple of weeks, and we're going to kind of unpack all of that. That was a that was a brief summary of of kind of. I mean, you didn't just jump into the equipment. You've you've kind of had a ten year prior to that where where you learned a lot of the foundation of of running business, running crews, running managing people, and doing it with the right mindset and the right attitude. And honestly, guys, I'm going to open it up. Uh, and it just, just to give everybody a little perspective, if you could give like a brief and we'll just go around the Robin, it's just a conversation, jump in if you want to, but give everyone a brief, like two, three minute, you know, explanation of, of how you, uh, attack each day with, you know, the right attitude every day is a throw something a little different at us, but if you could just take say two minutes quick, three minutes quick and. How do you pull yourself together and, and then head out the door and and not
2: and and not let the world kick you in the teeth? Dan. Uh, well, I, I I guess the only way I can explain it is, I mean, I'm I'm 49 years old, I raised my three sons by myself, um. And. You know, we all get the junk of life that goes on, right? Relationship stress mm-hmm. and financial stress and work stress and all that stuff. It's unavoidable. But about, I want to say it's about 10, 12 years ago in my life, man, I'm telling you, I was having a big pity party month. Well, I was feeling sorry for myself big time. And uh, a really a really good man in my life at that time, a mentor, uh, he was listening to me bitch and moan. And he said, hey, I'm going to pick you up tomorrow morning at about 530. Be ready. I'm like, are you going to breakfast? He's like, just be ready. And he picked me up at 5.30 and he took me down to what was then Washoe Med Center. It's now renowned in the hospital here. And at 5.30 in the morning, I walked into a cancer unit and I watched kids taking rounds of chemo. And he said, you know what, dude? Life could be a lot worse. You could be taking a round of chemo before you're supposed to go to third grade class. Quit your bitching. And I, uh, ever since then... Um, you know, I, I can still, I can still be a little bitchy when I need to be, we all can, we can still have that stuff. We you know I, I don't wake up and have those days because a lot of people have it worse off than me. I may not have everything I want, but I'm in control of what I got. So it's a good thing.
0: That's money right there, man.
2: Like, that was, that was good.
0: <laughs> say, say that again. I, you may not have everything you want.
2: But I got everything. I'm in control of everything. You know that that I got. You know yeah. I, I, I'm. I just uh, life life could be a lot worse. It, for me, it's been a lot worse than it is now. But that day kind of set the tone for me. I mean, that day really made me realize I was uh, late 30s and just acting like a little bitch. And that day really made me go. You know what? I'm watching a nine year old take a round of chemo before they're supposed to go to school. You know? I, I, I just stop, dude. Your life's really not that bad. Stop. So every time I every time I sign up for that pity party, eh, I might want to back that off. My life's just not a that quick bad.
0: just a quick assessment, man. That gives it that is that that's a good way to pull it back. I kinda you know, similar stuff and I like I always say it's it, we all kind of face the same things that was right about the time I was throwing myself the same kind of pity party and and you once you lose the appreciation for like you said the things you got you're not you know showing that gratitude each day for what you have and not focused on things that you don't have or you know the job you didn't yeah. get or the client you didn't land
2: um, it's really easy to pull that back into perspective so I appreciate well, that. And you'll never land that client, and you'll never get that job with that mindset. Uh uh-uh. It's not till it's not till you have the gratitude mindset, and it's not till you have the right people in your life. Stop surrounding yourself with the enablers that make you feel good, and start surrounding yourself with the spouse or the buddies that will call you on your shit because that's what we all need. Proper.
0: I totally agree. Taj, where are you at on that, man? What's so, your? You know, so you've I, you've encountered.
3: I've encountered some stuff, man. I, I mean, I, uh, had, I, I fought a lot of fire in my life. I've done, um, uh, ran a lot of medical calls in my life. Um, uh, I've had, got probably 65 buddies pass away in my life at 36 years old. That's quite a bit. Um, I really didn't think about life too much until I hit about 30 years old. Like, what does life mean to me? So now I wake up every single day. and You got to make the best of what you have. My life really changed when my dad passed away about five years ago. Um, but all it takes is that one moment of what I tell people is that one moment of, okay, I just put this lady on a backboard. And she's dead before she gets to the, the care flight. Or I have this family yelling in front of me. Life can be a lot worse. And I don't like to worry about the petty stuff. That makes sense. Scott, you witnessed it. I mean we were at like we were at Sand Mountain. What happened that night?
0: Life and can dude, be you
3: put
2: pl-
0: life can t- like change like that. A casual ride can change instantly and rip it from your hands. Like, and you, you know, you're in control up to that moment, but when that moment hits you, it's, you lose control. And I do, I want to give you a shout out on that. That's a, uh, that it, part of, part of that natural instinct and some of those tools that you've acquired through, I would say through your, your tenure, of career and would be firefighting or medical assistance. It's uh that muscle memory takes control of the situation. And we can kind of unpack this, I think, for as a group, because it deals so much with attitude. No matter what, you're, where you're at and what you're faced with right now, there's that moment and that, that can kind of flip a switch. And that muscle memory takes care of, you know, takes over. And then it's like, okay, assess the situation. You know, who do I have around me? What can I do now? What can I do here? And then who will help me there? um medical training firefighter training dials deep into that and and it's natural you had i mean you were off the game or out of that industry for a little while and you didn't miss a beat with it i love it. Yeah, I
3: mean i think i think you and i were we were sitting there around a campfire it's like one in the morning and uh they, you know uh someone came up to us and said they were doing cpr on somebody and and i think the, the alcoholic beverage went away really quickly and I jumped in a razor and, and did my thing. So, so, um, do I want to do that? No, but muscle, muscle memory really played a key part in that.
0: Pretty good. Scott? Outstanding. Yeah, I'm good. I, you looked froze there, Cody. I was going to hit you up on this one. Um, dealing with some of the stuff you have in the backcountry, seeing different injuries and things like that. And I think we may have already talked about this a little bit, but I'll I'll let you take that for a minute is, is when you're faced with, and this this is relevant for everybody. I mean, I dealt with it today. I was, I was dead set on, here's what I got to do. Here's what I got to do. Here's what I got to do. And then a set of circumstances showed up and it's like, okay, now your priorities are completely changed here's the new thing that we have to deal with. How do you compartmentalize? Say if you're in a group of writers out there, how do you compartmentalize, you know, everything that you were going to do is now changed.
1: It's time to take care of it. You know, it's time to take care of yourself and, and your group or crew. Yeah. So basically in the backcountry, country, you, you really never know what's going to happen next, right? Like um, you go out with a great mindset of this day is going to be absolutely amazing. And, we're going to be untouchable and it's going to be awesome and it's going to be the best pow day, right? But then something unforeseen happens. Either you have a sled breakdown or you, you have an injury in the group or you have a really big injury in the group and you got to get a helicopter involved. Mm. Um, but at, at that point, um, no matter what you're dealing with at that point, you just take it head on and you continue moving forward. No matter what the situation is, you just handle it. Um, and you have to have that mindset of just handling it when you're in the backcountry because you don't have another choice, either you handle it or you're stuck in the backcountry overnight, or your buddy might die. Um, you know, it goes, you know, a little bit back to the avalanche training and everything. And that's been really pushed in the last 10 years. Um, is that's our lifeline, right? Well, our buddies are our lifeline as well. And, you know, you, you just, when you run into things like that, you just handle it and you know how to handle it. Um, and whether you don't know how to handle it or not, you find ways to figure it out. I, I feel like that's kind of what you're asking there, right, Scott? Yeah, I mean, it's
0: more of a conversation. It's, and relative to, you know, you take work, you take backcountry riding, you take, you know, asphalt milling. It's an ever changing environment. Ian probably knows an ever changing environment better than anybody. He's in the he's in the equipment moving game and everybody that calls him I'm guessing because I know when I call places that have the equipment I need, I needed it yesterday. Not 6 weeks from now. What what are some ways you kind of handle that because I'm sure everybody you talk to it's now and it's a better piece of equipment. And you know, can I have it yesterday? How do you maintain your attitude? How do you maintain that, you know, that consistency with customers, clients, businesses that are always demanding and always, you know, wanting more?
2: Uh, let's well, just say, first of all, I'm blessed with great people in my life, from my family to my coworkers. So when I swear a lot at night, they don't get on me. So that, that, that's the, that's one thing, but I, um, I, I don't know. It's kind of like what Cody was talking about, right? You just handle, I mean, I, you know, sometimes you just don't know. I, uh, you know, when Cody was talking about, you know, being in the backwoods and taking care of stuff, I kind of chuckled cause I thought, you know, there's guys out there that don't know how to change a tire they'll stand on the side of the highway for five hours waiting for a truck to come help them change the tire and. I don't know. I, I, You know, in the busy season, I get 80 to 130 phone calls a day sometimes and people looking for stuff. And you're right. You know, it, it's always last minute. Um, and a lot of times it's, you know, because they weren't planning, but maybe I'm not the first call. Maybe I'm always the first call, but they own gear. Um, but they're trying to keep their own gear on a certain job, so they need something else for another job. And you just handle it, you know. And the only way I know handle it is – to be as upfront and honest in the moment as possible. Right. A lot of times I don't know what's available. Uh, why? Cause what was available six hours ago may not be now. And I, I don't know. And so I've got to make some phone calls. Uh, but I know these guys like, you know, someone like Taj, Taj is busy. Taj is cooking. Taj has always been great with me and giving me plenty of notice, but there'll come a point when he can't, because something fell in his lap really fast and, He's up for the challenge and he grabs it and he bites it off and he wants to run with it. So I just got to be up front with him, you know, just let him know, Hey, I can get back to you in, you know, 45 minutes. And then, you know, get off the phone with him and then hammer my back support and try to find what I have. Cause the last thing I want to do is if I don't have something that I can get to him, uh, you know, I want to let him know as fast as possible because I'm appreciative that he called me, but if I don't have it, He's got to be able to get it somewhere else because he's got work to do. And, I, you know, being a being a sales guy and a front-facing guy like I am, with my background and everything I've done over my life, there was a time in my life in my 20s where I didn't do that. I just want to bullshit everybody and stroke it as long as I could and try to close the deal. And now uh, I, I don't do that anymore. It's not – I learned a long time ago people over products. Like I, you know, I've got a lot of customers that, uh, truth be told, if I lost them as customers, but they remained really good friends, my life would be better. I just, you know, I, listen. I can always, I can always make more money. I can't always surround myself with better men. <laughs> so, you know, you just, you know, it, it. And I guess, I guess, with age comes some wisdom. Maybe not a lot for me, it's just coach, but I'll take it. <laughs>
0: That is a definite driven attitude right there man. you can't you can't always have you can't you can't replace friends basically. you're, you're blessed when new ones show up in your life I gotta say um, but reckon that bridge. I want to hit Taj right now on that man' you're, you're in the middle of, you're in a dynamic state right now with Truck Meadows milling if there ever was one and it happened fast to you you're having to make a lot of these decisions on the fly. What, you know, culture wise, uh, relationship wise,
2: you're,
0: you're in a, you're in a great spot right now to either build, you know what I mean? Build a ton of great relationships or on the contrary, you're going to piss a bunch of people off. You know, can we dive into that a little bit?
3: Yeah. So, so I'm doing a little bit of both right now. I'm, I'm, I'm irritating people and i'm um i'm making a lot of great great friends along the way um every day is like this morning for instance when things were going great everything was going fine and in a moment's notice something can change and next thing you know i need another asphalt mill so now i'm calling ian you have a mill i'm calling come on Sue, you have a mill I'm calling all these people that have a mill and these mills are not like snowmobiles. They don't just put these on a production line and say, let's build these things. (laughs) You have to special order them. And the the order is about six months. So I think I have almost every mill, almost in the West coast right now working. Um, Besides one, Ian has it up in Elko. Um, but every day I wake up, I have to learn. Well, I don't have to learn because I've already learned that. You just have to accept failure and learn from it. Because if you don't and you're going to sit there and dwell on failure, you'll never proceed with the future. I mean, you're talking five asphalt mills. I've surpassed my business plan by three months. I mill asphalt for every contractor in the state of Nevada, Q&B, Granite, s and you know, I mean, I got, I don't know how many clients I have, um, all with five asphalt mills and four guys. Right. Another dynamic to that is I'm, you know, it's a constant battle trying to find people that even know how to run an asphalt mill because this contract milling has never been attempted in the state of Nevada. Um, last week we hit another, uh, challenge. It was milling caliche. Caliche is a very rock hard soil that's been sun baked. Um, it's probably harder than concrete. So what did we have to figure out there? We yeah. had to get with with uh, we had to get the cat and get with their subject matter experts figure out the right teeth, figure out the right water quantities. I mean, there's a lot of thinking involved. But I came down here with an open mind and acceptance to failure. Because if I had to walk out of here
0: and put those mills back on a trailer, at least I tried it. Yeah. So let's, I want to, that is pretty cool. Uh, A lot of people, I don't know if you're familiar with Southern Nevada native ground, uh, but caliche is, I mean, harder than granite, almost, like, if you will. Like, you can break granite. This doesn't really fracture, if I understand it right. And, and... Taking a non-production, <laughs> custom, basically built mill for for asphalt and concrete that only lives on the highway, and like Cody, for instance, you're you're screwing around with a three or four thousand dollar Arctic Cat snowmobile when you try something new. And yeah, it's kind of you know it's, you got to play with. Taz, you just played around with a you know five hundred thousand dollar piece of machinery to see if it would work because you told yourself you could do it you pictured it in your mind you could do it walk machine, through that a little bit
3: the the machine i tried actually was a million bucks um it was a million bucks uh i i got down here that all the guys were nervous i mean i was nervous i won't lie i was nervous i was what caliche does I'll, I'll give an example the Bellagio, everybody knows where the Bellagio is in Vegas. Yeah. They had to dig 30 feet down for the foundation for Bellagio. The They used a uh, 365 excavator. It's, I
2: would say, what, 200,000 pounds, I'm guessing. Um, yeah, it close, literally, close to
3: it. It literally, when they were big in the Bellagio, it ripped the whole entire boom. The Caliche ripped the boom off of the excavator. Oh. That is how hard poliomyelitis is. So you're talking. There's a huge risk. There's a huge risk. But being able to do it, knowing that I can do it now, is pat on my back. And let's move on. Do something new.
0: I, Ian, I know you're you you follow Taj on his social media. and when that when that story crossed your your news feed that he's like, hey, I'm gonna dump my mill in it. Hey. First thoughts like I know you've probably heard of the dirt you're familiar with with the challenge that all the crews down there faced
2: like how'd that register uh my first thought was I'm glad it's in Vegas and not in my territory and arena thank <laughs> god <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know it's uh I got nothing but mad respect for Taj you know Taj is a uh Taj uh Taj been in some positions in his life where he doesn't have to do a lot of stuff like this, but he's driven. That's why he's on your show, right? And he wants to do stuff like this. And you know he could cool his jets, but he fires him up all the time. And you know Taj is uh, um, he's a joy for me to deal with because I know that it's easy to sit back and say bit off more than he could chew, right? Yep. But one hundred percent. But you know what? He's going for it. He's got the testicular fortitude to give something a shot, and he's wearing way too many hats, and he's understaffed, and he's learning on the fly. And you know what? It takes balls. I mean, it just, you know, it takes – I was thinking today about joining you, gents, and having fun, and your show, you know, about being driven. And I thought to myself, you know, we all look at, you know, military and special forces as being like the ultimate, right? Just totally driven. Yep. And yeah. then after that, we're like, okay, police, fire, and then athletes, you know, professional athletes, or even guys. I mean, I got buddies that are race car drivers that don't race on professional circuits, but man, they're driven. And now you guys with your snowmobiles and stuff, right? And then after after that, it's construction, right? And then after that, it's kind of kind of what I do, right? It's kind of like frontline sales, but you know, when when you look, why? Because you're just driven, you know. I, I don't know. I don't know how many accountants. Not, not. I mean, God bless them because I'd be broke without them. But I, I don't know how many accountants sit at their desk at their office and they're just totally driven to crank numbers. You know, I, I just, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's there. I, do <laughs> right? I, I, couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't do it. Right. I couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you know, mad respect. You know, I don't know how I many guys that work at a car wash are totally driven. I, I don't right. know. Maybe they are. But maybe they but, are. You know, yeah, and I'm not I'm not passing any judgment, but you know, Taj is Taj is driven to do what he does. And yep. he is he is overloaded, but from the customer side of him being a customer of mine, it's always gracious. You know, it doesn't matter if he calls me at ten o'clock in the morning. Sometimes he calls me at nine thirty at night. He called me last week on a, on a drive back from Vegas back to Reno, just to bullshit. And I was grateful that he called me. You know, so it. You know, I, I don't know when he when he took that project. I'm like, cat's nuts. And there's a part of me. It's like, yeah, the balls <laughs> on that cat are sweet.
0: <laughs> oh, Co- Cody, I want to I want to bring you into this spot a little bit because I know like you've gone through some change here with high altitude and stuff, and you sort of you were you know you you've been driven for for your entire life. To have that, to you know, to have that shop, to to build your sleds, to build your trucks, to do the things you wanted to do, you learned some hard lessons in the first year. COVID, COVID stories. You got a COVID story here that he's absolutely capitalized from it, and then you have a COVID case on not not con- contracting it, but the environment, the marketplace that COVID's created. Um, Unpack that a little bit. You guys you just heard from from two guys that that can make the best of any situation. You know, what's your direct pull out of that? And how you know how much more fired up does it get you to to hit reset and build it bigger and better?
1: Dude, it it was pretty rough there for a while. I like well for one, I wish I would have had this conversation a year ago. Let's put it that way. Because Like when we first started the show, our first episode, we talked about how like you let one thing slip and then it has a buddy and then that buddy has another buddy and it just starts to pile up and pile up and pile up. And um, that's what happened is I, I let one thing slip and then it just started to snowball. And I didn't know I didn't I didn't know how to keep that driven mindset, like 29 years old running a company. Um, first time, you know, and I am so slammed that I could have never, I, you know, I was like, yeah, this will be cool for the first two years. I'll figure it out. It'll be fun. Well, then I realized I have this huge social media following and I'm really good at promotion and I overbooked myself and it made it to where I literally couldn't even think anymore. Like I was so scatterbrained. I'd walk into the shop and I'd just be like, what is going on? Like, why can I not make anything work you know and um can i hit pause there
0: because i want to follow yeah. up on as you're t- taking 198 plus calls i struggle with this too between work and all the extracurricular stuff i got going on is prioritizing you know we focus on it heavily at work everything gets ranked what's priority well we got 12 priority ones and then all the shit that just hits you The, you know the the reactive stuff. How do you kind of juggle that? 198 conversations in your head, and 12, team tasks you need to you need to hit each day.
2: Well, I'm a, I'm an OCD freak, so that probably helps. Um, but you just do. I mean, I can prioritize them by level of importance. You know, if someone's calling me about something for a week and a half, two weeks out versus someone calling me for something in three hours. Right? I mean I, mm-hmm. I can write it down and, and things like that. But at my age, would you say you are Cody, 29? I just turned 30. Okay, so I got I got about I got I'm about twice I'm 49. So I got about 20 years on you. I don't overcommit. I used to try to overcommit to please everybody. Yeah, and I watched funny. I watched it ruin personal relationships friendships, previous careers. And so I don't overcommit anymore. And if I do, I'm not trying to be King dingling. I got no problem, you know, looking people that I committed to in the face and being honest with them going, you know what, man, listen, I overcommitted and I can't, you know, I can't do this. I got to dial this thing back and take it back to basics because if I keep overcommitting, Right. Not only am I going to fail you, but I'm going to fail everybody I've committed to. And most importantly to me, that was my sons. Like I'm going to fail my kids, you know, and, and, you know, so I don't really ever commit anymore, but I do juggle. You know, I I, uh, I try to take what's most important first. I try to take uh, what I know that I can solve right now first. Um, I'm, I'm very lucky and, and smart to not try to be a hero, for a guy that's driven and pretty type A, and make sure I surround myself with other type A's. I make sure I surround myself with other people that can, um, I know what my strengths are, and my strengths will smoke. Anybody that shares my strengths, I'll run circles around them. But anybody anybody that knows my weaknesses can put me in a corner quick, man. My weaknesses are weak, and I don't focus on them. Right? I, I read years ago that, you know, if if uh, let's just take singing, right? If you want to be a singer, right? If you're an eight and you can get to a 10, you'll make millions. If you're a zero and you can bust your ass and try to be the best singer ever and you can only get to a four, no one pays for a four. So never focus on your weaknesses. Always focus on your strengths. Find other people to counterbalance your weaknesses. Man, I'm grateful Cashman's put me on a team of great people in my personal life. I got great people that, and I'm I'm just grateful and I'm smart enough to always find myself into those situations to surround myself with people that are so much better than me to where I can joke them.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's one thing with high altitude when I first started the company was I had a very strong team and then one piece of that puzzle fell apart. And it just collapsed everything because it, as it started to fall apart, it continued back to be on my shoulders. And at 29 years old, how, how did I even think I could handle that? You know, like I, I don't have that much business knowledge. That's why I had a team. I had a team of solid players and it just takes one yeah. to run it all. So like you going yeah. back to the whole type yeah, A people. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but you gotta remember, Cody, when you're going through that, it took one to build it in the first place, and that was you. Yeah. Oh. yeah for
1: sure. Well timed oh. ding on the phone there, Tosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, right. so I just got this new I just got this new computer and I don't know how to turn off the messages that are coming from the phone to the computer. So oh. I'll have to out on the go. next one. Sorry. So, I want to hit you Taj. You got a lot of
0: conversations. You got a lot of moving parts going right now on, on Truckee Meadows milling. So, Where, how, what are some, what are tactics you keep track of it? Are you writing it down on paper? Are you in your head all the time? Are you
3: a lot of stuff's in my head, but like, like Cody said, you know, you can be juggling six balls and then you add that extra ball in there. Well, you know how to juggle the six balls, right? you add that seventh ball in there and you drop another ball. So while you're looking down at the drop ball, you just drop four more balls. It just takes yeah. that one ball to just almost fail the whole thing. Um, three weeks ago. I mean, I hit a point where I looked at my partners mm-hmm. and I said, I got to step back. I like, I, I'm, I'm getting more operationally involved when I need to be looking towards the future. Um, I mean, I got stuff going on with CAT now. Uh, promotionally, I have—I uh, got to be looking at the, the future. I have a business plan that's outdated by five years. I just started asphalt milling six months ago. Um, <laughs> um, sometimes you got to step back and grasp what, or, or, or figure out a solution. How can I fix this problem before I drop anything? Because if I drop something, that means I'm dropping, like Ian said, I'm dropping my friends, I'm dropping my family, I'm dropping a lot of things. Um, Heck, I'm dropping Ian, right? I can't, everybody is gaining something from what I'm doing. I'm employing people that feed their families. I do not have time to fail. I don't have time for it. So I had to step back. I hired somebody to to be more operationally involved and help me juggle my six balls that
0: I'm juggling. So I don't have to take a seventh. It's it's hard to be driving the company when you're driving the mill. I I can attest to that. I uh, I went through the same you know the same learning lesson. A lot of this last year for me, I went from an operations where I had it dialed in operations. I knew it from inside and out and I didn't have to think about doing it into where I was the manager of said, you know, of said activities. And I kept putting myself in, back in the function, into the daily functions of it. And I was stumbling a week, two weeks, six months in advance and that, that same thing. And I mean, we all go through it. And the hardest part about it is when I was doing it, I couldn't recognize that I was doing it. I was... I was just doing everything I can to make the you know make the wheels turn and and make the projects get complete. But by doing it and being in there for an hour to help you know, a tiny aspect of it, I would lose I would lose 60 hours the next week I could have gained on just by having focused ahead of the project myself. So nice work recognizing that a couple weeks ago, Todd, especially as a young company. It's really hard. I would imagine not to micromanage every little step.
3: It is. And I got to step back once in a while. I mean, two months ago, my guys were doing seven 23 hour shifts. I mean, you can burn a guy out quick, real quick. And so that's when I said, okay, let's do a month of this. we have more capital in the bank. Then let's start bringing on some guys because just flat you can't run yourself ragged we all have our personal lives and 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 that's what i tell my guys all the time is you have to make it back home to your family because i've been down the road where you're on the road all the time and and family's number one none -hmm. of this asphalt milling none of the snowmobiling whatever we do in life the person that the people that have our backs your family at the end of the day
2: and it's and it's tough to recognize that Taj when you're so driven, because man that that drive gets in your head and it just starts to spin, and and you can see you know you can see people for what they can be, not for what they are, and you can see yourself where you can be, not for where you are, and man, being driven that drive it'll tick tock and it'll grind in that brain, and you'll it'll taste good and it'll feel good, and man you'll start to chase it, but you're you know you're you're leaving, you're leaving that family and that life behind you that truthfully is probably what, you know, is probably something you started for. You know, that's the reason why you started in the first place is because you want to build something great for them. Well, you know, even though they may not be a part of it, like you are, you can't, you got to take them with you. And I'm telling you for a driven guy, for the old driven guy, when you were that driven and you have that many goals that you want to hit, man, you could leave a, you know, you could leave a wake up bodies of people that are super close to you in your path because you want what you want. And you just gotta, it's gotta cool it off a bit and recognize that. Yeah. It's so hard to do
1: that though, to recognize, <laughs> right? <laughs> like <laughs> you, I think that
0: comes, I the think age, we could get real on this right now. Like that's hard.
1: Yep. It- yep. <sighs> I, I read a I think it was a quote or something the other day. So I have these notice motivational quotes that come to my phone like every couple hours just to, you know, keep my brain going, you know, give me that switch. Um and it, one of them said as you get older, you get more and more sick and tired of the bullshit or something like that. And like with you you know with you Ian and listening to your story a little bit um, you know the way I'm looking at it is as you have gotten older you've seen ways to set yourself up in a better way than you used to and keep yourself driven on that driven mindset and make it to where you don't have those faults all the time Does that make do you it, get it, of, you know what I'm saying? It.
2: It does. However, I'm not going to sit here and discount my faults. Right. I am right. um, years ago after failing miserably a bunch of times at being driven, but still failing. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, right. it, I, 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 I finally just said, you know what, my best, your best. Like, And I had to just say, you know what, I will give my, I will match people's best, my best, your best. If your best is 25% and you damn it, I'm going to give you 25% right back. If your best is 100%, whoo, I'm all in. Yeah. But my my best, your best. And that's just how I started, um, you know, and, and knowing that it fluctuates, right? Because we all got crap going on in line. So someone's best could be 25% of normal this week and two weeks from now, right? Taj might be giving me 30%. Why? Because he's overloaded. And you know, in three, four weeks from now, projects have cooled off. He's figured some things out. He's learned, he's grown. And now he's back up to giving me 90 to a hundred percent. Hey man, I'm going to, I'm going to match you along the way. And I, I don't, I don't, I used to feel bad about that, Cody. I don't feel bad at 49. I don't feel bad about it. Right. I, ju- I just, I don't struggle with it. Like I used to, I'm still going to give you my best, but I'm going to match it. You. you know, and that, um, and what that what that enables me to do is the people that are requiring my very best get it when they need it. Yeah, it allows room for that, right? Yeah, because you know what? It, 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 if you're only able to give me twenty five percent and Tosh is demanding hundred percent, well, I'll match your twenty five, no problem, bro. But now yeah. I got now I got plenty left in the tank to give to Tosh. Yeah, and it's gonna flip flop. I mean, it's gonna kind of flip flop at some point, but yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It might not work for everybody, but it, I had to make it work for me. It's, it's not that I don't at that it that, for sure. It's not that I don't want to give everyone my absolute very best, but let's be honest, you can't. Yeah, you, you, I mean, you just can't every every day of every minute of every time. You can't do it. We don't have enough that's, in the tank. That's.
0: One hundred percent gotta help the attitude overall. You know, you know, on that one interaction, you're you're my best, your best. But your day as a whole, when you're encountering, you know, hundreds of conversations, emails, that you know, coming yeah, in yeah. nonstop, it's got to improve that attitude. That's that's a fundamentally operation, a positive operational tactic somebody could,
2: you know, use. Well, to maintain what it, that. Attitude. For me, also, what it's inadvertently done is it's also trained the people that rely on me to give me their best. Because, you know, if I get a guy that calls me and he's looking for a piece of equipment and he gives me all the information I need right off the bat and tells me I need you to get back to me in, you know, 30 minutes. Well, now you've given me everything. But if I get somebody that calls me and they're like, I think I have this project coming up in three weeks from now. I think it's going to be in Truckee, but it might not be. I think I need one of these, but I'm not too sure. Listen, man, I got four other guys on hold right now that know exactly what they need. So they're getting my best right now. I'm going to match you. And when you get all your information, you call me. And and I'm, you know, because I just can't, I got to take care of what's pressing. That's so, fair. And I, yeah. I, had to learn. I had to learn that through failure, because I, I tried to please everybody by wearing all the hats, and it wound up. Truthfully, I, I burned way too many people. You know, you can be driven and drive people away. You can straight drive yourself away from them. Absolutely,
1: and i so <laughs> worried. You know, and, and, I learned and, that lesson a lot this year for sure. Man, and, you last, know, last month, I
3: mean. Am I driven to take every single job that comes to me? Yeah. But am I able to? No. I mean, I walked away from $300,000 worth of work last month. Just walked away. Because I cannot, I can't please everybody. I can call Ian 300 times a day, but he only can do so much. And you got to accept what you're able to do.
2: Truth. I love
0: it. I'm going to kind of make a kind of a little shift here because we went heavy on that. I hope everybody that's watching and listening on a podcast in the background takes and lets that set in for a minute because you know, what Taz just said about pleasing everybody It's I suffer from it. I'm, I'm by nature. I want to make sure the people around me are having as good at time or as positive or basically, you know, are getting my best so I can help them be their best. And it, it becomes a strain on me because if that, you know, that one guy is not optimized at that, like it'll bring me down, which in turn, you know, I feel, and whether whether I do or not, it's, I feel like I bring everybody else down. It's, I I think there's a word for it, empathy, or it's, kind of operational like that but I hope everybody lets that register with them if you're, if you're struggling with trying to please everybody you know you're basically multitasking yourself into getting no jobs done correct I want to kind Do of spin here because go no, ahead I was just going
2: to say Scott you got to go from stop pleasing everybody to just add value to everybody because you can add value to people without pleasing them for sure yeah Add value.
1: So, where do you want to Dustin spend
0: it? Dustin Lockwood says, You can't please everyone. I hate turning down work too, but you have to be honest with them and be honest with yourself. And that's been, we talked about that earlier. It uh, looks like Taj got disconnected. We can, he can hop back on in a minute. But, um, all right. So, we are, we're driven people. Uh, the attitude. You you harness as much as you can out of the day. You try to fulfill your day as much as you can uh, to add to your life, to add value to other people's life. Ian, when you check out at the end of the day, you know how do you reset that attitude? Where's your you know what are you doing after work? What's your 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 reassess on the day or the weekend or when you step away from work? How are you pulling that? back into where you can thrive
2: during the week, uh, and execute like you need to. Oh, I just try to replenish, you know, I mean, we all, we all need that time. And, uh, yeah. about six years, about six, seven years ago, I became a cigar guy. So I, you know, my, my thing, I mean, I love to ride my razor. My fiance, uh, has been one of my best friends for 20 years. So she doesn't take my shit. She'll call me on that stuff all the time. And Uh, she, she knows how to put, she knows how to put me in check. Like no one's business. My three sons are all older and out of the house. They're like, Hey pops. No, but, uh, (laughs) for, for me, for me, a cigar, uh, it's not for everybody, but a cigar, you know, you, you can, you could smoke something and it takes you, you know, two and a half minutes to take a hit or to rip a cigarette. A cigar takes me an hour. To sit and enjoy it because I don't want it to go out. I don't want to relight it 500 times. So it forces me to calm and chill for an hour. And uh, a lot of times people ask me, what's my favorite cigar? And I always say, it's that one that I had with my brother. It's that one that Mm -hmm. I had with my son. It's that one after that shitty week when I was by myself in the backyard sitting by the fire pit and it was cold as hell and I didn't have any wood for the fire pit and it was dying. But damn, I was thought I was in my own thoughts for an hour, hour and a half without any interruptions. Man, I needed that. So that I I, I'm not sure if that's what you're asking, Scott, but that's kind of my thing. That you know, a lot of guys do a lot of things, but you know, I like playing. I got a puppy, I like playing with my dog and razor riding and I'm a sports guy, and I, you know I like the arts. And I mean, there's a lot of things I like, but a cigar forces me to take an hour of my time and give it back to myself.
0: That's exactly what I wanted to get to, and and I wanted to focus on. I know Taj hasn't had much of that time uh, lately. I, I did see his getting a pedicure the other day, so maybe that's his his new inner release to uh, to <laughs> relax in between changing the world, but. You kind of cut out there when I asked the question, man, what's your way, you know, you're, you're running 80, 90, 100 hour a week right now. How are you, how are you staying balanced? How are you staying focused and what pulls you back to center?
3: Yeah. So mostly on the weekends, I'm just, um, lately I just sit at home. I'm just that wore out. I'm done. I sit at home. I, I, uh, talk to the girlfriend that's, that's basically my weekend. Um, If my kids come, great. I love to hang out with my kids. I forget about everything else. Funnest kids I've ever been around. Well, they're my kids, right? So of course they're fun, but they keep me on my toes and and, um, you got to step back and, and, and enjoy yourself once in a while it's not all about work when i started this i was like okay it's work 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 no you just gotta step back that asphalt mill is gonna sit on main street wherever whatever town it is in in nevada on monday morning and it's just another job it's just another job and and you only get one life enjoy what you want to do in life
0: Dude, that's, I mean, mean, you got like, I want to, I want to hit that just real quick is it's just going to sit there. It's just a job, man. You got millions tied up sitting there on the side of the road and you just got to disconnect from it. That's, yeah. Ah, that's huge. That's insane to me. I love it. Uh, It's perspective really. It's, but that's cool to hear you say that that's possible and you can do it.
2: And Taj and I have been flirting the last Just two to, months by going for a razor ride and smoking cigars together. So that'll happen soon too, bro. <laughs> All right, sounds
3: good to me. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean if you really think about it, I mean, yeah, you count millions in asphalt mills sitting on the side of a road. But dude, if someone steals it, guess what? That's why we got insurance. That's why Ian says, yeah. I need your insurance certificate. We pay for these things so we can enjoy our lives on the weekends. Right? And if somebody in wherever wants to vandalize my equipment, dude, I got insurance. It's not going to. I tipped him. I didn't tip a mill over, but one of my guys tipped a mill mill over last week. And straight up tipped it over. And I'm like, okay, are you hurt? He said, no. I said, well, that's what insurance is for you're not mad no as long as you get to go home to your family i think that's probably after seeing so much bad in my life as long as you get to go home to your family i my day's fine
2: yeah
0: love it a little bit of perspective. I got Ian over here. He's been a long time, you know, in sales and relationships and customer service with Cashman Equipment. We got a lot of riders out there that listen to this that want a fulfilling job, you know, to provide them and their families and you know feed their driven attitude, whether it be riding sled, whether it be building, you know, wealth, whether it be creating something and improving a career. You know, cashman seems to have provided you with some pretty good tools and life lessons and you know provided a pretty good career from yourself how does somebody you know get in that you know the type of position that you're in with cashman or get in the door with cashman equipment
2: type stuff? Just jump online i mean you know cashmanequipment.com and you know if you got people around the country watching right any of the cat dealers yeah. cat dealers are like you know Cat dealers are like Ford dealerships. They all sell Fords, but they're all different in every state. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how cat dealer networks are set up. But, you know, no matter what their skill set is, they can jump online and see if there's a good fit. It is a good company to work for. Right. They are, they are good people. They are run by good people. Um, There is pride in not just Caterpillar, but knowing that the infrastructure in the area that I live in is being built by, you know, the men that I serve and the women that I serve uh, the people that I work for and the equipment they use, you know, and there's, there's a lot of pride in that. And then, you know, for a lot of people in, in your guys's industry, yeah. I learned years ago that a lot of people always talk about, you know, do what you're passionate about and you'll never work a day in your life. And I call bullshit on that all the time. Cause you know what? Most people can't do what they're passionate about and make a living to take care of their families. So, you know what, find something you like to do to fund your passions.
1: Yeah and because when Cas-
2: passion becomes your job it's no longer fun. That's <laughs> right. And, and Cash Cashman Cashman <laughs> and Cat just been a, you know it's just been a good fit and and a and a great blessing for me and my family and I uh you know it led me to you gents so I'm I'm extremely grateful.
1: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> Love it. Taj, you're building the largest milling co- well you are the largest milling contract in the state of Nevada, you are servicing hundreds of different contractors from the north to the south. I only see your operation growing and expanding. You know, talking to people out here, anybody that hears this, uh, it, you know, where do they get a hold of you? Is if you know if they want to follow your footsteps, if they want to be employed by Trucking Meadows Milling, if they can, you know, is is heavy equipment, is asphalt milling? A career path, and can you provide it to somebody that wants to chase snow and things like that?
3: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I um, there's no asphalt milling operators, and we're training them. Within three weeks, they're running an asphalt mill. Are they proficient? Mediocre, but by the sixth week, I mean they're they're running and gunning. And uh, if they want to get a hold of me to to uh, to inquire about a job, just instagram at Trucky meadows milling um or uh on my on my uh taj Slaria instagram is fine um, i'll get some background noise
1: um my bad i'm sorry
3: <laughs> um i think i think it's a huge career path Infrastructure will never go away This economy can totally tank, and guess what? There will always be a pothole in the road that needs milled out. Um, If someone ever wants to open a company, I hear a lot of people say, hey, let's take baby steps. The worst thing that that can happen to you is you're going to get bankrupt. That's it. You're going to pick back up, and you're going to go back, and you're going to find a job after you go bankrupt. What else can go wrong?
2: It's better than taking a round of chemo. Exactly yeah. right.
0: Boom. Perspective I'd check. Go, I would rather, I mean, I don't foresee
3: myself doing this, but, I mean, I was talking to Ian's, Ian's, one of Ian's big bosses today, Mike Packett. Sorry, Ian, I had to go go there. I was with the no, boss today. Mike Pack is uh, the president of Cash and Equipment. I was in his office, and I, and I said, Mike, Everything fails. Everything fails in life. Every company will fail eventually. It's just it's just a fact. It's just willing are you willing to accept it? And I've just been willing to accept failure. Walk away.
1: Nothing is ever guaranteed. No. Ever. Ah. No. Unless
0: you stop, then it guarantees like we talked about. Then you stop. That's guaranteed
1: that's where it ends when you stop. Yeah. And I mean, if you fail, failure is part of life. Something we have to deal with on a daily basis, but it's not about how many times you fail or how hard you failed. It's about how you get back up and you move forward. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way I look at it.
0: Well guys, we've kind of rounded the one hour mark and I know people time is extremely valuable so if if you like i think we kind of did a good wrap up there on perspective but if if you want to shout out one more thing uh this is your opportunity to do that and then before i totally hang up i'm just gonna say the live is stopped uh because yet last week when we ended we had a rad conversation for like five or 10 minutes and I'll just let people that want to hang out and listen to that, hang out and listen to that casual conversation. So quick wrap up. What's your final thoughts? Ian, go.
2: Oh, I just appreciate the time. You know, Taj is a customer of mine, but you guys in different industries, uh, I appreciate the professionalism and the drive and welcoming me in and giving me the opportunity to learn from you. Um, you know, it's uh, it's an honor to see other guys, especially younger guys than me in, in the world we live in today that, um, you know, wants to water everything down, especially for the driven. It's really, really rad to see people, you know, stepping up and filling those gaps. So it's been an honor and pleasure, gents. Thank you. Thank you. Absolute
0: dude. honor and pleasure for me, too, man. Thank you.
1: You know, Scott, when we we came up with this idea, I did not expect to be having conversations where I feel like I need to be sitting here with popcorn. (laughs)
0: This is is what I set out to create originally, and and it was getting there, uh, but I feel like this reboot is just a chance to actually do it, man. These are the real conversations that people are scared to have in the background or you know you can pick up the phone and do it one-on-one with people it's a lot easier but the the collective the collective brain we have on this screen of four people right now is insane so of course it's going to be a rad conversation
1: yeah it's it's always cool to get people that have the same mindset around you it's insane how well it just meshes and then all of a sudden you go to work and you just make cool shit happen and it just, it starts to build and build and build. And yeah, man, it's just rad. And I'm super stoked to be able to do this with Driven and, you know, have these conversations. I know three weeks ago when we first started up, dude, you were having bad weeks, I was having bad weeks. And now we're doing three weeks into Driven and here we are like having these Driven Mindset conversations and it's just rad, it just changes so much perception on so much every day.
0: Taj, you're sitting there quiet. I feel like you got a, I feel like you got a bomb to drop right here. I free uh, dude, I this.
3: the biggest, the biggest thing in life is that I live by is, is it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter how much money I'm making or how little money I'm making or what I have. I'm just the same as the guy sitting next to me. I'm exactly the same. I'm no better. I'm no worse. We all have failures. And um, if, you, if you go around walking around thinking you're all that, you will fail. I promise you will fail at some point. Mm-hmm. But if you go around knowing that you're just human, doing your thing, you'll be just fine. You'll be successful. Kind of be... Humble
0: about it, right? In a sense. That's it. You gotta carry carry the hum, hum humbleness with you. I've lost that, dude. I've messed that up greatly a few times where self inflated, right? You kinda like you're on a winning streak basically, and you're like, I'm untouchable, I'm untouchable. Right. And then boom, one extra ball lands on you and bam. <laughs> Here you go, world. So Guys, this was super fun, man. I can't wait to get this out. People, everyone that's still listening, we'll get this. This is live. Listen to it. It's on YouTube. It's on Facebook. And soon as we get it dialed in, it'll be on podcast station near you. This is Driven Mindset. Thank you.
2: Thanks, guys. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for having us. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you.
0: Appreciate you. Uh, We're not going to...